parenting. It's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to do a deep dive on how to support our kids when they're dealing with anxiety. And in true raised resilient fashion, we're going to also think about our own anxiety and how our relationship with our anxiety impacts how we show up for our kids in their anxious moments. We're going to do all of this in the context of a listener question who writes in looking for ways to support her 11 year old daughter who's having some fear around riding in the car. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to say if you haven't downloaded your copy of the complete guide to meltdowns yet, make sure you do that today. You can go to raiseresilient.com forward slash grow and grab your copy. It's totally free. This guide will walk you step-by-step through what to do when your child is melting down and it is going away. This is literally the last week after this, it won't be available. So go grab your copy while you still can. Okay. So here's the question I got. My 11 year old daughter has developed a fear of riding in the car because she worries she'll get car sick. She actually did get car sick once when she was maybe three. She's been in virtual school up through Christmas break, and since returning to school, the best we've been able to do is ride to school and back, but it is still a full debate when it's time to get into the car. We are just not sure how far we can push her before we break her trust. Okay, I know this is something we can relate to as parents, especially when our kids are anxious about things. And we don't want to push them too far, but we also want to support them in doing the things they need to do. So hopefully today's episode will help give you some tools and strategies and just some ways of thinking about anxiety that will help you support your kids in these moments. Now, I wanted to start by saying I get a lot of questions from parents saying, you know, my child has a fear of the dark or my child has a fear of bugs or storms. My child is hesitant when they're meeting new people. Does my child have an anxiety problem? And I just want to say that, you know, the vast, vast majority of the time in these situations, the anxiety is just that it's anxiety, right? What makes it an actual problem? And I hesitate to even call it a problem because, and I'll I'll explain why in just a minute, but what makes it maybe, let's say an issue worth maybe seeking more support, maybe seeking some therapy around is if your child's anxiety is so persistent, so intense that it's getting in the way of them doing life, right? Going to school, going to activities, making friends. If that's the case, absolutely, it might make sense to partner with a child therapist. But when I said I hesitate to even call it a problem, even if it's persistent and getting in the way of their life, I I guess the reason I say that is because anxiety is, and, and how we respond to it makes such an impact on whether or not our anxiety gets more intense or less intense. Okay. So if we get spun up about our anxiety, and if we as parents get spun up about our kids' anxiety, anxiety can be self-perpetuating. We can worry about the worry. 
and it makes it so much worse, right? So I don't say that to put pressure on you or to say that you're making your child's anxiety worse, although we absolutely can as parents and we certainly don't mean to. But what I'm saying is that all of this is workable with the right support. So if your child's anxiety is persistent and getting in the way of their life, then absolutely seek out the partnership of a child therapist. But the things I'm going to say today are still going to be so, so important. And full disclosure, I happen to know that the listener who wrote in, her child is already seeing a therapist, but they are looking for tools and strategies above and beyond therapy that occurs once a week because the rest of the time, the rest of the hours of the week, that child still has to deal with that anxiety. And the parents are the ones who are there day in and day out, actually making these car trips with their child, right? So we still need strategies, even if our child is in therapy. And if your child is in therapy, I just want to say it makes so much sense to partner with the therapist and a solid child therapist should be doing that already. Because again, you're the one who's going to be implementing these things with your child. So, but most of the time, The anxiety that your child is feeling is just that. It's anxiety. It's one of many feelings, and it's a normal and healthy part of your child's emotional experience. Now, for most of us, when we were kids, when we felt anxious, we were told things like, well, that's no big deal. There's no monster under your bed. That's nothing to be afraid of. Or maybe we were even told to toughen up and to get it together, right? Our parents didn't do this because they didn't care. It was just what they thought was best. We've talked about that before on this podcast, but if you grew up hearing that it's no big deal when you certainly felt with everything in your body, like it was a big deal, you've probably learned first to not trust your feelings because if you felt anxious about something and someone else who you're looking up to is telling you it's no big deal, that's confusing. And second, you've probably learned that anxiety is a bad thing to be avoided at all costs. And if you're, if you're thinking of anxiety that way, it makes so much sense that you would have a little bit of anxiety about your child then having anxiety, right? If you think anxiety is this bad thing to be avoided, when your child has moments of anxiety, you're probably going to have a part of you that goes, uh-oh, we've got a problem. So I just need you to hear that it's not a problem. All kids, all people feel anxious sometimes. And so part of the work you're going to want to do around this is to really think about not only how you think about your child's anxiety, but how you think about your own anxiety. The next time you feel anxious, I want you to try two things. The first one is just to say, oh, hey, there's my anxiety, literally labeling it for what it is and almost greeting it and inviting it. Because our anxiety is a signal to us that, hey, something is a little off, right? There's something that needs a little bit of attention. Maybe there's something that feels stressful that we haven't really fully acknowledged and it's manifesting in panic attacks or it's manifesting in a racing heart at night when we lay down to go to sleep or it's manifesting in a fear of flying, right? These things are just manifestations of something being a little bit off that we haven't given enough attention to. And the less attention we give it, the bigger the manifestation, right? So think panic attacks. When I was in high school, I went through a short period where I had panic attacks. And 
the reason that the manifestation was that I was afraid of throwing up because I got the stomach bug and threw up at a family's house that I was babysitting for. And that felt really icky and I felt really out of control and I didn't like that. But looking back, I can see that it wasn't about that incident and the being sick so much as it that was the manifestation. But what it was really about was the fact that I was taking like four honors courses and I was in a ton of activities and I was just overscheduled and probably not getting enough sleep because let's be honest, most teenagers are, their schedules are not conducive to getting much sleep. So the manifestation was this fear of throwing up that resulted in panic attacks, but the real underlying issue was that I had this stress that I wasn't paying attention to. And I can see that now looking back, it makes so much sense. But at the time it felt really scary and I didn't understand it. So the second thing beyond greeting your anxiety and saying, Oh, Hey, there's my anxiety. And the second thing is to say, you know what? It makes sense that I feel anxious right now. Now I know that sounds like maybe a little counterintuitive, especially if it doesn't make sense to you. Like it didn't make sense to me why I was having panic attacks. I was like, why is this happening all of a sudden? I was a totally happy-go-lucky teenager doing my thing. And all of a sudden I started having these panic attacks. Well, maybe I wasn't so happy-go-lucky, right? It just, I wasn't dealing with it. I was just powering through. And that's what so many of us were wired to do. And that's what we wire our kids to do when we say things like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal, right? So the listener writes in saying that her daughter is having this fear of being in the car. She did have this incident when she was younger where she did get car sick once. But the other thing that I noted in that letter was that this is a kid who was in virtual school She's 11, so she's in middle school, and now she's gone back in person after not seeing her peers for maybe a year and a half. That's a really stressful thing, and that is a really stressful age for that to happen. I would imagine that the fear of being in the car is the manifestation of this stress around having to go and practice social skills that haven't been practiced and deal with peer dynamics that haven't been navigated. A year and a half of development is a whole lot of development at age 11. And so to miss that time with your peers and then have to jump back into that, that is stressful. And it's something most of us aren't talking about because our kids probably look fine on a day-to-day basis. We don't even think about it maybe until it manifests in something like a fear of riding in the car, a fear of getting car sick. So our anxiety always makes sense. We just might not fully understand it in that moment, okay? So now that you're understanding anxiety, hopefully a little bit differently, I want you to think about how to respond to your kids in these moments. Let's start with some really common situations that we see with our kids, Let's start with talking about the fear of the dark. This is one that I bet all of us can relate to. At some point, most kids will say, I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid there's a monster in my closet. What do we want to say based on how we were wired as kids is probably, oh, it's fine. Your room is safe. There's no monsters in your closet. But that is not actually helpful because again, remember your child is feeling something in their body and telling you about it. So when you say, oh, no, 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 that's not a thing, that doesn't 
make the feeling go away. It just makes your child feel confused and alone with their feeling. So instead, this is what I do. I actually deal with this with my now five-year-old a lot. Um, He just turned five, so I, I keep calling him four, but he is five. So I will go to him and he says, I am afraid that there's a monster in my closet. And I'll sit down next to him and I'll go, oh, you're worried. You can't see what's in your closet when it's dark and you're worried about what's there. That makes so much sense. Do you want to tell me about the monster? What does it look like? What would it say to you if it came out to talk to you? What do you think it would do? Right? And we just talk about this. And you would think that that would make the fear worse, but actually it makes him feel so much safer to just know that like, it's okay to feel that way. Another thing I will say a lot is I used to feel this way when I was your age too. I used to be afraid of the dark. I didn't like not being able to see what was there. Now, when we turn on the light, you can see everything, but in the dark, you can't. And your imagination tells you stories. It makes so much sense that you're feeling some fear right now. I get that. Let your child know that it makes sense to feel that. And then simultaneously, this is what I do specifically for fears of the dark. I say, even when you feel so scared, your room is still a safe place. And I am just over here if you need me. So I'm letting him know that it's okay to feel scared. And I am also letting him know that he is safe. Because here's the thing. As parents, it is our job to keep our kids safe. And so it's so important that we let them know that even when they feel worried, they're still safe and that things are still okay and that we are going to make sure that things stay safe. Now, that's not the same thing as saying there's nothing to worry about. It's a subtle distinction. But in the first situation where you're saying there's nothing to worry about, you're just dismissing the feeling altogether. In the second situation, you're saying, gosh, that makes so much sense that you would feel that. Also, you're safe. Both things are true. So we want to welcome the expression of anxiety. We want to invite it. We want them to share more and more about it. So how would this look for our listener who wrote in? Let's say that they're talking about getting in the car and their daughter says, I don't want to get in the car. I don't want to get car sick. I really get that. You don't want to get car sick. You're really worried about that. That makes so much sense. Tell me more about it. What part feels the worst to you? What are you most worried about? And then just listen, right? And invite conversation around it. And you can even, for a child who's, you know, 11 and old enough to think like this, and I would argue that you could, you could try this with most kids and see if it makes sense to them, but you could even try to connect the dots and say, you know... When I feel anxious, my anxiety is always trying to tell me something important. And sometimes for me, my anxiety is telling me, you know, your life feels really stressful right now. Or going back to school felt really hard. Maybe that's what your anxiety is trying to tell you. But I know for me, my anxiety is always trying to give me an important message. And so I just, I welcome that. And I say, hi, anxiety. I wonder what you're trying to tell me right? And so we can start to help our kids think like this. This is so powerful because instead of pushing anxiety away 
and saying, oh my gosh, I have to get rid of this anxiety. This is such a terrible thing. Instead, we're inviting it in and we're saying, okay, I see you. I see you. You're here. I get that. You're telling me something important. This is an exercise that I do with my clients who are new parents and experiencing what we call intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts are a form of anxiety. They're actually, they come from the same part of the brain that helps you feel love and bond with your baby. And so they actually come out of love, that we love our baby so much that our brain is almost like dress rehearsing all the bad things that could happen. And so suddenly out of nowhere, you picture dropping your baby down the stairs. If you have had a new baby and have had that thought, join the club. We all have thoughts like that. And for some new parents, they're really persistent. But one of the most powerful treatments to help those intrusive thoughts feel less overpowering is just to say, oh, hey, there's an intrusive thought. I really love my baby and I am really trying to protect her. That makes so much sense. I literally did this myself with my most recent baby and it was so, so helpful. So just helping our kids start to have that conversation with their anxiety. I see you, you're here. Wonder what you're trying to tell me right now. Now, the other thing that is equally important when we're sitting with our kids in anxious moments is helping our kids feel confident to do the things they need to do. Like in this case, riding in the car, or some kids have fears about going to school, right? I know for me, when I was having panic attacks, I, sh- I sure didn't want to go to school because I didn't want to have a panic attack in front of my friends, didn't want to throw up in front of my friends, right? But here's the thing. Let's just say that I had gone to school and had a panic attack and in front of everybody, would it have been fun? No. Would it have been something I could deal with that I would have coped with? Yes. I would still be here doing this podcast for you. I would have lived to tell the story, right? I think so often part of the, the, the struggle with anxiety is that it can feel like whatever's going to happen is so awful that we just wouldn't be able to deal, that it would completely overtake us. And that's just not the case. So for our kids, when they are struggling to go to school or get in the car, we as parents have to simultaneously hold space for that anxiety while also confidently moving our kids through the routine to wherever it is they need to go. So here's what that can sound like in practice. You might be saying, tell me more about how riding in the car just feels so uncomfortable. I really get that. It makes so much sense. Why don't you keep telling me about it and we'll walk over and put our bags in the car. Okay. So that's how that can sound. If your child says, I don't want to go to school. I get that. You know, my, my five-year-old often will have a little bit of hesitation on the way to school and I'll say, tell me more about it. And he'll say, I just don't want to go. I I say, you know what? I get that. I really get that. Do you want to keep telling me about it while we walk to the car? Right? So it's you simultaneously allowing the feeling, letting your child know this feeling makes so much sense that you really get it. And also confidently with confident energy, moving them toward wherever it is they need to go. Your child's anxious about a soccer game. I'm nervous about playing in the soccer game. Oh, I get that. What are you nervous about? Tell me more. 
here, here's your cleats. Do you want to go fill your water bottle while you're telling me? Right? So it's that kind of energy that doesn't have to be the exact thing you say, right? It's not about exact scripts. It's more about your energy in that moment, right? If instead you said, but you have to play in your soccer game. I, I paid for the season and, and we're going and that's that. Do you sound confident? You do not sound confident, right? You sound totally rattled. And kids pick up on that. They are looking to us to see if they can do the thing. And we've got to hold that confidence for them while also allowing space for the feeling. So a couple other things that might be helpful for kids dealing with anxiety. For younger kids or kids who are just particularly artistic, it can be really helpful to draw the feeling. What does it look like? What color is it, right? For kids who are a little bit older, maybe journaling, but creating some time. And this can be helpful for parents too. I have actually done this before where if I'm going through a particularly anxious period in my life, I will legit schedule time to worry. And I do this with my clients too. We'll pick a time and I'll say, okay, for this 15 minutes, you can Google, you can do whatever you need to do. You can just sit and ruminate, be with that anxiety. And then after you turn that timer off, you tell your anxiety, I'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place, right? That is so powerful because it gives you time to just really immerse yourself in all of those worried thoughts. Kids can benefit from this too. So helping your child, okay, why don't you write down all your thoughts about the worry until this timer goes off? Or why don't you draw a picture of your worry? So that's one thing. And then another thing that can be helpful is having kids when they feel worried, asking them, where do you feel that worry in your body? Some kids will tell you they feel it in their stomach, right? That maybe there's a knot in their stomach. Some kids will say that their heart is racing. Ask them, can you pay attention to that for a minute? Can you just notice that? That is so powerful because what happens then, you know, all of our feelings start in our bodies. So if we can really tune into our bodies in those moments, that really helps us get out of our heads because what can happen if we get in our heads is that we have these spinning anxious thoughts about the anxiety. Whereas if we can focus on what our body is feeling in that moment, that can actually be very grounding and you can try it with your child. And then you can say, can you breathe into that spot, that tightness? Can you breathe, take a deep breath and try to put all the air right there in your tight belly, right? This can be such a powerful exercise. And these are things that we can do anytime with our kids, but especially if your child is having a moment of anxiety. Now, if your child is dealing with panic or panic attacks or moments of intense anxiety, it can be really helpful to talk about that experience outside of the experience so that when it happens in the moment, you can say, Oh yeah, there's that feeling we talked about. Yep. We knew this would happen and that it would be really uncomfortable, but it's going to end. It won't last forever. What are some of the things we talked about that we could do in this moment? We talked about taking some deep breaths. We talked about walking around and moving our bodies, right? So you get the idea, but kind of helping your child have some words for the experience so that it doesn't just feel so scary and endless when they're in it talking about that outside of the moment when your child is calm and helping them develop a vocabulary for what's going on can be so powerful. 
Now, I know that we have probably barely scratched the surface around dealing with our kids and anxiety, but hopefully to the listener who wrote in, thank you so much. And hopefully I have answered enough of your question to give you some ideas about how to support your child in these moments. I know it is so hard. If you have questions about helping your child with anxiety or further topics around or related to anxiety that you want me to talk about, you can go to raiseresilient.com forward slash questions. I will always try to get to all of the questions. So please feel free to share. But like I said, this is a big topic and I know we are just scratching the surface. So in order to keep my promise to you and keep these episodes relatively short and listenable as a busy parent, we're going to stop here. I so appreciate you listening and I will catch you next time. If your child's meltdowns are stressing you out, I've got you. My complete guide to meltdowns will walk you through exactly what's going on and how to help so that next time your child melts down, you can feel confident. Download your copy today for free at raiseresilient.com slash grow. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share this episode and leave a review. Let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we've got this.